we all deal with something with our bodies, with our skin. But for me, it was like front and center. And I had to look at it every single day. Every time I, you know, looked in the mirror, I saw it. Anytime I actually had to open my mouth to like eat food or talk to somebody, I felt what was happening with my lips. And so it really forced me to like start to look at it and have to deal and address with what was happening. Hi, I'm Sanira and I'm a mom of two a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a nine-figure business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit a million in revenue. And I'm on a mission to change that because we should all feel empowered enough to run our lives like we're the CEO. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way. Now I'm sharing it all with you so that you can join us as we discuss the mindset money, and marketing secrets of the women who have bet big on unconventional paths to their version of success. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hi, everyone. I'm Sanara Madani, and welcome to CEO School. Today's guest is an NYU math whiz who is changing the world by bringing transparency to ingredient labels of products that we use every single day. After a debilitating skin allergy in 2017, Sabrina Nirani launched Clear For Me, the first and only centralized ingredient cloud-based solution that is changing the way we consume ingredient information in all of our skincare and beauty products. Sabrina works with major brands like Ulta, Elf, Nair, Avino, and so many more to help empower consumers to make confident choices in the products that they're putting on and into their bodies. She's been featured in so many incredible publications from Beauty Matters, Retail Dive, Yahoo, to Women Wear Daily, and so many more. And we couldn't be more excited to have her on today's show. And class is officially in session. And fun fact, Sabrina, before I welcome you, I have to tell the audience, not only is Sabrina just this incredible entrepreneur who's breaking through, raised venture capital, mother of three, a uh, super successful startup that is like literally in every brand. When we start talking about this, you'd be like, ah, oh, I know what it is. But most importantly, Sabrina is actually one of my best friends and my sister-in-law. She's actually Faisal's sister. This is how we know each other. Welcome to the show, Sabrina. Thank you, Sunny. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we're going right into it. So we're going to go right into it. it. Yeah, let, let's do it. <laughs> it's too weird not to. Like, I can't sit here and interview you on the show. And not just like, I can't, you're my sister-in-law and one of my lifelong friends for the last like two decades of my life. And I'm just so blessed to have watched your journey literally from day one. I'd love for the audience to kind of take us back. I mean, I'll kind of set you up because Sabrina was the girl that I will say a huge part of who I am today is because of Sabrina. I've always looked up to Sabrina. I've Faisal and I met at a really early age. I was a young kid in college and And having, you know, when I watched his sister and she was one of the only female traders at the New York Stock Exchange, living in New York, I remember all your fancy clothes and just admiring you from afar, not only for how beautiful you are, but just how you were dominating a man's world in the field of finance. And so that is how I remember Sabrina. And so I'd love for you to take us back to the days of you know, finance and you became one of like the first traders at Citadel and there was literally no men. So tell us, start, start there. I'm not, I have to, you have to take us back there. Oh man, we are really going there. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You know, a big part of like how I even had foresight to do something like that is actually really because of my relationships with Faisal and my other brother, Fran. I grew up, you know, surrounded by these two boys and boy energy and kind of got thrown into this kind of mindset of always trying to feel your way in and making yourself get comfortable and in, in the uncomfortable, right? There's like constant phases in our lives where we're obviously uncomfortable all the time. And I think growing up with my two brothers, they gave me a safe way to really navigate that journey as an immigrant, as a, you know, as like, as the only girl in the family, kind of like all of these things that we all go through. And for me, when I went to NYU, it was kind of this quintessential thing, you know, as an Indian family, you know, either you're going to, your parents tell you, you either should be a doctor or a lawyer. I knew I didn't want to be one of those two things. I decided (laughs) to go to business school. Right. So, and so, I mean, going to business school was as, as like a simple and kind of like a, a choice that just stemmed from that. And then when I went to business school, everyone's, you know, going to investment banking and all of these like consulting and key things. And I just like, it just didn't feel intuitively like what I wanted to do. I just felt like I just was starting to like go into this path of something that just didn't feel right. And honestly, I fell into trading by chance. I went into this random interview with this small unknown name at the time. Obviously they're not unknown now, Chicago Trading Company. And it was just like a light box went on when I went in the interview. And they're like, you know, you're gonna be on the trading floor. You're gonna be literally like in the trading pit and people are, you're gonna, you know, people are gonna be yelling the prices of stocks and options and you're, that's how you're gonna learn and you're just gonna be thrown in there. And there was something about that where I just like, I was so scared and I just decided that was the right one. It was the scariest choice I've made, but that was what was my North star to actually do it. I love it. I can imagine young Sabrina and just imagine this with me, right? Like all the listeners out there being thrown in. I mean, if you've ever seen, or even if you've seen videos of a stock exchange, it is like testosterone, like firehouse. Like it's just men yelling at men. They're just screaming numbers. People are moving papers around. It's like, it's literally the movies, but in real life. And that was your every day. And Sabrina is this like, I don't know. I just can see like little tiny Sabrina <laughs> like in the middle of this chaos, handling all of these men. I think that's just so badass. And It's amazing that you had, you know, I love that you talked about fear because I think that in anything that we do, that fear element is always there. Like even as I'm sure your journey progressed and you kind of learn to conquer the fear a little bit, and then you're thrown into something else. And then that fear kind of comes back and you just kind of still have to go for it. So I've, in my 10 years of business experience, fear has kind of always been there from the very beginning in different levels. But again, it's like the new level, the new fear and whatever else it is, but you kind of have to learn to embrace it and just say, okay, I'm going to trust the fear and just go for it. It's a muscle, right? It's constantly doing it. And I, it's not to say that just because I conquered it before, I don't, I don't have to deal with it ever again. And I still deal, deal with it on a daily basis. But I think what happens with in the entrepreneur world is like, it's all about creating and building your confidence, right? So as you conquer a fear, you build your confidence a little bit, you know, and it's just getting those wins ends up giving you more confidence to take on the next thing, but you have to keep at it because the moment you stop trying, that's when, you know, that's when you just hit the roadblock and you don't, you don't actually progress. So you just, you got to just keep showing up every day, even when you have a ton of successes behind you, or if you have no successes behind you. I love that. I absolutely love that. So tell me then, so, you know, you have a really successful career in finance, in the trading world, you know, you grew so quickly and so fast and just living this so fast paced New York life. 
2017 happens and it was kind of a really big pivotal year for you. And you had a, you know, some health issues that arose. Could you talk about that a little bit and then how it translated into your current business today? So, you know, sometimes life happens, <laughs> not sometimes life happens every day. Right. And for me, it was a weird, crazy time. I was, you know, new, I was, you know, dating the, the love of my life or about to get married. I was, you know, navigating the trading world. I, I moved from trading on the New York Stock Exchange floor to a, to a really big hedge fund and launching their like a massive institutional desk for them. And I was on the founding team there. There was just a lot of things going on in the world and living in New York City, right? Like, going, you know, having, chasing the cosmopolitan drinks that I was watching on Sex and the City, or just like, you know, living the life that you do when you live in New York. But out of the blue, all of a sudden my lips started to really dry. And, and then these skin started to really tighten up and then started to itch and then peel. And then the peeling started to turn into staph infections on a regular basis. So what felt like, you know, this mass, all of a sudden overnight shift of like, what is happening? Right. And it's something that we all deal with something with our bodies and with our skin. But for me, it was like front and center. And I had to look at it every single day. Every time I, you know, looked in the mirror, I saw it. Anytime I actually had to open my mouth to like eat food or talk to somebody, I felt what was happening with my lips. And so it really forced me to like, start to look at it and have to deal and address with what was happening. And that was this journey of, oh my God, what is it that I'm consuming? What are the ingredients that are coming across? And how do I navigate this as a consumer who wants to just get to the bottom of something that's really important. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, so you, you, you know, you kind of are, you're at the top of everything and you can be at the top of everything and have all the confidence you've conquered all these things. And let's face it in, you know, as women, how, you know, how we feel on the outside does affect how sometimes we behave on the inside as much as we want to say, and we're fighting that every day to kind of balance that effect. Cause it should be what we feel on the inside should be how we reflect on the outside but let's not, you know, there's a truth and a reality to how we show up, right? Our confidence level, you have all the confidence in the world, you're, you're conquering everything. And then you have a physical issue that's taking place on your face, right? Like on your lips, on your face, and it's front and center every day. And I will tell you, I remember you, you going through this phase. And I remember you were so like, I just saw a different Sabrina, like your confidence level went from a completely different person that you were to you were trying to figure out and you couldn't find a solution. I remember that was like a huge part of this was you had literally thrown out every ingredient in your house, like inside of it, like started with like your food. And then it went into like your products and then it went into your, you know, skincare and your toothpaste and your deodorant. Like literally, I think you changed everything in your home at one point trying to solve it and you couldn't yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, it really was the best problem I could have had because I couldn't figure out the solution, which is what I needed to be honest. Right. Like for me, what's nutty is that, you know, with skin issues, it's not as simple as like, Oh, it's something that you use that morning. Like something that can come up with your skin could have happened anytime between now and 72 hours before. So that imagine it could be something you touch, something you use with your lipstick. You know, what was crazy, it was like, it wasn't just lip products. I had to look at makeup and then I was like, okay, makeup makes sense. I have to look at skincare. That makes sense. And it's like, oh wait, you have to look at your shampoo because guess what? When you wash your hair, like shampoo runs down your face, right? Like, even though we try not to, we always try to like, you know, tilt our head back, but that happens, right? Like shampoo, conditioner. And then it was like, oh, toothpaste. And then my husband's products and like my the gel he's using it. Cause obviously, you know, he comes in for a kiss, like 
sometimes, you know, you touch different parts of your body, his hair that like touches me. And it's just like this cycle of like, basically it was anything and everything. And it was like, oh my God, it was so overwhelming. And I felt to your point, I felt so defeated, so hopeless. I felt like I was never going to be able to get to the bottom of this. And then what happened, Sabrina? What you build? <laughs> what you do about it? What you do about it? You know, and I feel like, you know, I want to say this thing was a journey of years. It took me years to really get to this. And it took me years to even build what I built here. So I want to just make sure that everyone out there doesn't think this is just this like immediate like solution. You figure it out. You built this business and all of a sudden it goes to million dollars in revenue. No, it does not happen like that. It takes figuring out what it is and what you want to do. And so for me, it was just honing in on the idea that I wanted to look for specific ingredients and I wanted to avoid specific ingredients. And then I learned that it, there's actually no way for a consumer to do that. And that's because in our industry, there's no standard for how ingredients are labeled. So something as simple as vitamin C that we all hear amazing things about has 35 different synonyms that could be used in ingredient labels for it. Salicylic acid, which helps exfoliate your skin has 12 different synonyms for it. I mean, you can imagine this is, happens for all ingredients. So for me, actually, it turned into this thing, well, Products have ingredients, ingredients have synonyms, yet there's no way to cross-reference that data to make it easier for me to search for things I want and search for things I don't want in the products I'm using. And that was the impetus or the story of like, this is why we need a product, you know, a solution like Clear For Me. It's a way for us to just basically take away this notion that we all think we need a chemistry degree in order to read the packaging and read an ingredient label. And that's what we wanna take away. So Sabrina ended up building the largest database of skincare ingredients literally on the planet. And I remember you actually physically building this and like literally searching for ingredients on like a master's spreadsheet. Every time we were together, you're like, I'm still searching ingredients. She literally built this ingredient database and how it turned into a technology company, which is like the most juicy part of all of this which I'll let her explain, but pretty much her software plugs in the front end of major websites and major brands that we're aware of. So Sabrina's now partnered with like fast forward eight years later, and we're going to go back to all the failures. So I'm not going to let you off the hook because it didn't happen <laughs> overnight. It didn't happen overnight, but now clear for me is the de facto ingredient database for major brands, for every major brand that we are like, we are using on our skincare products today from Ulta to Elf Cosmetics, to Avino, to Nair, to Credo Bare Beauty, Min Bare yeah. Minerals. I mean, literally <laughs> every product that you can think of now utilizes Clear For Me as the de facto way to say to their consumers that we're certified and that you can search. Literally, when you go to Ulta's website, if you search for your, like, let's say you're allergic to formaldehyde, which I learned from you. And if you're allergic to a certain product, or if you're just, you have oily skin and you, you're allergic to a certain ingredient, you can then just say, I want to search for shampoos. or I want to search for beauty products that don't have these specific ingredients in it. And then Ulta's website will then show you those ingredients. But the back end that's actually running that engine is clear for me. And so that is what Sabrina Nurani does. And that is the software that she built with zero technology background. So tell us about that. Cause that didn't happen overnight. You landing this partnership with Ulta and all these beauty brands. This was an eight year journey for you. What happened from that point of like, can you tell us some of like the learnings, right? That you learned to, in, in landing. And we do want to talk about how you landed this because I love it. This is amazing. 
Yeah. So, I mean, where do we start? Right. I don't, it's it, at first it's, you have this idea and like, you know, at first I, I honestly didn't see the solution the way that it is today, to be completely honest. At first I thought this is a consumer solution. This is a consumer facing tool that, you know, maybe is an, like app, an app. Or, yeah. Yeah. And that's what everyone's like, Oh, you scan something and it'll tell you, you know, this is good or bad or all of these ideas. Everyone has these ideas, right. Or you'll come to the clear for me site and run the search. Like you mentioned, like I'm looking for a shampoo with, you know, salicylic acid and, and uh, without avocado oil, for example. So you can start to run these ideas through and the, the, the foundation was there. But as I started to like, like actually think about the model and what I wanted to really work on intuitively for me, I didn't want to build an app. I didn't want to build a website where I was like going to be the next Sephora or the next Ulta or the next Credo Beauty. I didn't, that wasn't something that felt right to me, but that was like, I think the first thing is that people tell you where they think the solution should be. And then you have to wrestle with like deep down, is that what you want to do? And I, that was like, I, I honestly, I suffered in that limbo space for a while because I was getting pulled in those directions. But I think deep down, I always knew that's not what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what I wanted to do then. And that was like the first kind of hurdle. I think one of your first, you, you've got a, a partnership. I think that was like the first approach. And I love that you talk about, I mean, this in business is called pivoting, right? Like that's at the end of it, where you're trying different avenues to make this, make your vision a success. But it's so important sometimes as entrepreneurs, I think a lesson that we can learn from Sabrina here is the way that maybe she started off and how the product is being used today, she didn't even envision that, but it was through trial and error, through different partnerships and through actually pivoting and being okay with those pivots and learning to see what the market needs as well. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs fail because they're so stuck, Sabrina, in their ways of being like, I'm not going to change this. Even if the market, even if the consumer wants it differently, they're not paying attention, nor do they want to listen. And that's when the brand dies. You have to be willing to listen to how the market is is using your product. What are the pivots that need to be made? And I think that's exactly what you did that then defined the next chapter for you. Yeah. And that was that. It was like, okay, I toyed around with like pitching the idea that I thought it, that I thought it was, it was an app. I started to feel that that wasn't actually right. We weren't actually using it that way. And then I was like, you know, what's interesting, like, and you kind of just like a simple survey of me and my girlfriends, like, where are you buying your products when you, you know, and the answers never changed. It was always the key big stores, Ulta, Target, Sephora, you know, Blue Mercury, like they were still going to those places, even though they wanted more information. And that was kind of like, oh, it'd be so cool if my data lived where they were shopping, because the key thing for me was like, I found out here's some ingredients I want to, I want to have or try to find. I was like, okay, now what do I do with this information when I go to CVS to buy something or if I'm traveling, like I can't like. I can't take all this, like these like packaged PDFs from my dermatologist about products to use, right? I needed to just be able to be like, wherever I'm going to shop, I want to have this information filtered for me and personalized. And then that was, a, oh, if I can live where we shop, then that's something interesting. Then it was like, okay, well, now I need to actually sell a, a partnership with somebody <laughs> that will take it a chance. And that was like, you know, phase two of like, let's make this happen. And the pivot, so to speak. Of, how'd like, you do that it? Was like, how'd you do it? I literally emailed everyone I knew in the business. And there was this guy who he, um, his name's Imran. He, he, he has a, he has a skincare brand of hardware. So not, you know, skincare, uh, you know, actual products that people consume, but hardware. And I knew that he was, his hardware was being sold at different retailer websites. And so I reached out to him to just ask about 
the process of like how he got his products in their store and those conversations and a few of those conversations led for him to be like, you know what, you should talk to one of our partners because she's doing something really interesting. And so it was just putting myself out there to learn and ask questions that then prompted the, hey, talk to so-and-so. And that was the first meeting. That's so incredible. And then one partnership, and then you got your beta up on that first partnership and then the next one, and then the next one. And you actually had to pitch yourself. So they didn't, no brand came to you and was like, hi, I'm Ulta. We need to use your, like, this is this tiny company out of New York city, right? You had to go out and pitch yourself. And what's amazing is that they paid attention. And I think a lot of the times we have this fear kind of going back to your first statement of even trying. Sometimes we don't even try to see what's out there or to pitch ourselves or to pitch our product because we as women are such met, we're perfectionist. We live in all of this imposter syndrome. We have so much fear that kind of navigates us in business and just going for it sometimes can lead to incredible outcomes, which if you didn't send that email to that Ulta partner at that time who said, you know what, this is actually really interesting. Let's schedule that meeting without you actually trying to pitch. It may have never happened. I mean, a hundred percent. And to be honest, like, I know this is going to sound, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like a key moment of this pivot of going to B2B, like came, like there's something that you told me a long time ago that's always stuck in my head. And I was, you know, you're working on the business, you're trying to do so much. And I was like, I knew I wanted retail partnerships or I wanted something. And I was working on it for months. And I just like, you know, I got the first partnership, but I wasn't able to like, okay, now here, like, let's really elevate it and keep it going and scale this. And there was something you told me, and I, I feel like you've told me it before, but for some reason, like it just stuck at that time where it was like, Sabrina, set a measurable goal. And you, at that point, I set a measurable goal with this, with an actually defined timeline. And that way, you know, for you, if it's three months, six months, I, you're like, you're, you're like, I don't care. Just set it a timeline. And at that point, you're going to look at that timeline and be like, look back, if you achieve this, or if you don't, like, that's how you're going to decide what you're going to do next. And it clicked and I was like, you know what? For some reason, I just like, it made me realize like I'm working on so many other parts of the business and it was on the cover, like surface level, I was working a lot, but actually I was in the fear space. I wasn't sending those emails. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't putting myself out there and telling so-and-so to make sure that they meet with me and why and sending like witty responses or witty case studies. And like, I looked at, you know, just putting myself out there. I wasn't, I was working on the business, but I really wasn't working on the business. That was like the real pivotal moment. And I wish like, I would tell myself like years ago, like just do that more. And like by doing that, and I like, whenever I consistently do that, like things happen, it might not happen with well, exactly what my goal is, but something major happens that actually gives me so much more information or data and confidence to just keep going. Oh, I love that. I didn't <laughs> know that. And I remember that conversation. I do remember that conversation. It's also accountability, right? It's like somebody telling you, sometimes you don't see it when you're in it. Sometimes you need those accountability measures. And at the end of the day, even if you have all the accountability measures around you, you're the one that has to do it. Like at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, with you as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, as a founder, you have to make it successful. And there's going to be a million excuses and you can work on a million other things. And when you actually zoom out and say, what am I actually working on? What are my exact needle movers and how I'm going to measure this? And that's your only measurement of success. And you hone in and you focus. It's amazing what can actually happen when you just sit down to do that. And I love that you had, and you, and you succeeded, right? You were like, I set myself these goals. 
And then all of a sudden the universe opened up and all of the partnerships started pouring down, but it was because of your hard work. It wasn't because they, maybe they, they were always there, but you had to also be the one to go get it and to go do that. So incredible. And now look at you. I mean, you're also a mother of three. You just had another baby who's like five months. I cannot believe that you've also managed to fundraise. Let's talk about that, right? Being not only a female tech founder, you've also raised venture capital. Can it tell me about your journey? And I'd love to talk about motherhood a little bit and how you're juggling all of this. Oh man, we are really getting into it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I wish I could tell you, oh, like, you know, my finance background helped, or I went to NYU and that helped, or, you know, all of these things that to be honest, like it's hard. It's hard to like run a company. It's hard to also do that while you're pregnant. It's hard to do that while you're trying to breastfeed and also raise money and grow a team. Like, honestly, I, I don't think I did all of this in an upward linear trajectory of like amazingness. I think it's all a journey ups and downs, but what is the key thing? And that's something else I think we've also talked about is like prioritizing what's most important when it's most important, because you can't have it all. You, you will have to, you can't all have it. You can't have it all at the same time. That's that you can have it all, but it's going to become at different times in your lives. And accepting that for me was so important because I realized, okay, I'm not failing. I'm actually succeeding. Cause to your point, let's measure what success looks like right now. Success looks like me hunkering down and just focusing on fundraising and everything else, you know, can just take a back burner for now then you can like actually feel good about those things and not worry about where as a mom, you know, as a woman, as you talk about, we're always thinking about all the other areas we need to perform in. And it's hard to take it off. Like, it's hard to give it mental space when that's happening. So I think like, you know, honing in on the key things that you want to focus on that you want to grow and develop and, and have success in is like what helps drive me forward and helps me like stay sane and positive around what's going on amongst all the craziness as I'm sure you have yourself because you're you know you're superwoman too. I love this. I love the raw the the realness of it. And that's what it really is. I think that we put so much pressure and society puts so much pressure, right? And when you have a million things to do, it's hard and it's just crazy. And it's okay to accept that it is also crazy. And you're going to have days where you're a perfect CEO and you're going to have days where you're a shitty mom and you're going to have days where you're a perfect mom and you're a shitty CEO and everything in between. And the only thing that works for me is work-life integration. Like, I don't know who created this concept of work-life balance. I call bullshit on that. I don't think work-life balance actually exists for working mothers. I think it's work-life integration, right? Like it's just part of figuring out what's important. And I love that you talked about just knowing what is important in the right seasons. I'm a huge believer in seasons and you kind of have to pick what are the priorities. And I have a three bucket principle where I'm like, okay, here are the three things that are for this season. And I measure my life in quarters and here are the three different things. And that's, that's right now that's that stacks and that's my family and that's uh, CEO school, right? Those are like the three. And I have to say no to everything else, which includes sometimes fun and includes other things. And if I want to bring that in and something else has to go, I can't handle more than that. And so I think it's just deciding what's important. And I love that you said it. it's just a little bit crazy and that's part of it too. And I love that you're embracing that and you're doing a really good job. Taking credit is something that we also don't do really well as women. We don't say, Hey, I'm doing a really good job here. So I love that you're measuring those micro things to say, Hey, I'm going to work on this big thing and I can go measure that and feel really good about that. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, that was something that I remember I've heard you talk about before. And I like actually have taken it down to like a daily level, right? Like today, this morning, I literally like, what are the three things I'm going to take care of, like on the home mom personal front. And like, that way I can just have that on my back of my head. And then I, I do the same thing with my daily check-in with my team. Like everyone, every day we all call it and we're like, what are the three key things we're doing today? And like everything else can fall by the wayside if we get those three things done. And I think like aligning on that, even on a daily level has been so impactful because then at the end of the day, I can be like, we're all, we have, we have an, our running to-do list as I'm sure you know, is like running. It's never ending. And especially it's just like, it never stops. But if I can go back and be like, oh, those are the three things I did today. Got it. I can like, shut up you know I can like shut the night and like go on for the and go to sleep and just like feel good about the next day I love it this is so exciting Sabrina I'm just so proud to see your success for many different reasons personal reasons obviously but just seeing more women and women of color even in technology building massive brand partnerships I mean every single day I look at that list and we're on a group we also have amazing I will say an amazing accountability friend system which I think is a huge part of like, as an entrepreneur, it gets really lonely kind of going through this journey as a mom, it gets lonely going through the journey. But when you can surround yourself with a group of women, I feel like women cheering other women on are just, it's a different feeling. And so it's so fun getting our like daily updates and what's happening in business and in life. And I appreciate you being part of my little tribe and my daily circle. So I'm, I'm privileged for that. Well, for the audience here, Sabrina, we play a game of rapid fire. So are Uh-oh. you ready? <laughs> I think so. Let's do okay. it. Okay. All right. Coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Okay. Iced or, or hot? Hot. Hot tea. Okay. Favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms. Oh, okay. <laughs> Journal or meditate? Meditate. Dog or cat? Dog. High tech or low tech? Oh man, <laughs> let's do high tech. Okay. Work hard or play hard? <laughs> play hard. <laughs> I knew that answer. Your favorite book or author or a podcast you're listening to? I'm obsessed with the Foster Sisters right now. It's it's called the World's First Podcast. So it's Sarah and Aaron Foster. They're entrepreneurs, actors, kind of like social influencers. They just launched a, a fashion brand. But what I really appreciate is just these two sisters, like just keeping it real. Like they talk about their own things, their own journeys. They're very different, but they're connected. And there's like this familial bond that just is really nice to listen to. It's very raw and authentic. And it to your point, it reminds me of like having that girl talk that we do on our tech sometimes or like the group FaceTimes that we get to do sometimes. And it's just like, we give it real. We also talk about real struggles and real questions and challenges. And I, and I think, I think like, I really connect to that and being able to like hear that. Yeah. I have to check it out. We have to check it out. Favorite female inspiration. So it could be past, present, future, like anybody that you're like really look up to in business or it doesn't have to be business, just female inspiration. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be really cheesy, but right now you, like, I just texted you last week. Like I literally was like, we're not, I'm not taking you know, that answer. I, okay. I, no, actually I will practice. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. See? Thank yeah. You. So I was just going to give you your own, your own take credit, <laughs> take credit when it comes, because I know it's really hard to hear it. And I have text messages to prove it. I literally text you last week. I was like, I don't know how you're saying, like, how are you handling everything that you're handling on your plate? Because I feel like I'm losing it. And, I, and sometimes I have those moments, but like, I, 
I think about you all the time in those moments right now, just because like you have so much on your plate and it, it is inspiring. And, and so, yeah, you're my present well, inspiration right now. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, my response to you was I'm not sane. <laughs> I am a little crazy. But I am crazy. We all are. And to we your point, are. it is all. Yeah. But you We're are all crazy. It it's okay to yeah. be crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Word of the year or an affirmation that you're telling yourself. This too shall pass. Oh, I like that. Well, whatever yeah. it is that you're hoping to pass, I hope it passes. Yeah, no, I think like it, it just helps like even out all the highs and the lows, right? Like instead of, especially with kids, sometimes it's like, oh, they're in a phase where my six month old, she's sleep trained and she's waking up and I'm like, oh, this, this is just going to pass. Like kids end up learning how to fall asleep, right? And they'll be fine. And they won't eat something or your gate breaks, your like the electrician needs to come, right? Like there's these phases where all this like life stuff's happening. And I think it's just good to know that sometimes we're in the thick of things, but all of these phases, they pass and it's all good. Amazing. Did you do anything to celebrate your, you know, you've crossed a million in ARR and beyond now, but did you do anything to celebrate that milestone? You know, there was the big, uh, like my most favorite celebration. Actually, you you were a big part of it was when we assigned the partnership with Ulta Beauty and there was a, you know, a press release around that engagement. And it was so cute because, you know, my kids were there, your kids were there and they all, you know, drew up little cards and saying, you know, they don't even know what they were saying congratulations for, but like, you know, kids just like bring things into perspective because they find joy in everything, whether it's like a win that's like, oh, we're going for ice cream or it's like, yeah, you had a big work win. Like to them, it's the same as long as there's like a celebration and a party. Yeah. Right. So they don't care. And I love that. And I think that perspective is really amazing to be around. And that celebration, I, I will always remember. I love that. And it was a big day to celebrate eight years of hard work landing. Literally, you didn't just land a client, you landed like the ultimate beauty retailer. And it's just growing so much fruit from there. We're so proud of you, Sabrina. How can we as CEO school support you? Where do we follow you? What do we do next? You tell us. Oh, man, that's such a sweet request. My request to you is, you know, where you are shopping for products and where you have questions about ingredients or, or where you want to learn more, you know, you deserve that transparency and there's tools out there that are offering that. So, you know, ask your, ask your favorite products and ask your favorite brands for that information. And, and if you don't get it, like come to us, come check us out on our social. We're providing a lot of content around like ingredient transparency and education. So you can literally click on any ingredient wherever you're shopping and just quickly understand what it is. So just know that you're not alone and we're, we're a tribe that's fighting for you. I love it. And your social, what's the best place to reach you guys at? I clear for me. We're on Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. We'll be linking all of it in the show notes today. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for being here with us until next week at CEO school. Thank you. Hey there, if you enjoy this week's episode themes and want to go deeper into concepts on mindset, money, and marketing, download our freebie with the five secrets that helped me scale multiple companies to seven figures and beyond. These are the exact skills that will help you get you to your next level. Find it on CEO School's bio on Instagram, at CEO School. If you loved today's episode, leave us a review. This is how we grow and reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. Tell us what you loved about the episode and you'll be entered to win one ticket to our Women in Business Conference this September in Orlando. I can't wait to see you.